Good evening, everyone. Today is December 13th. It's Tuesday, and we are studying the big book about the Holocaust Anonymous. This week's chapter stuff is step 10 in the chapter into action. And our speaker tonight is Haley B. Thanks so much. Haley, um, do you know how you would like your time? Um, yes, 10 and 3. Okay. Let's Wonderful. Know. The floor is yours. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Haley R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. Um, thank you for having me. The last time I spoke, it was on a later chapter, so I was excited to be able to come tonight and talk about um, step 10. I do want to start just kind of by um, qualifying and share just a little bit of my story. Um, and I'll move quickly through these, but this is me. This is kind of where it started. I was around eight years old. Can everybody see those? Thumbs up. Yes. Okay. This is me at around eight and 13. This is the age where um, I used to offer to clean the kitchen so I could eat all the food that was left over that, that I really wanted to have. Um, and I didn't want any help, of course. Um, so this is kind of the age I was when I remember where my compulsive eating really started. Um, let me see, there we go. And this is kind of a timeline. So um, this is me in my twenties. You see, I went from kind of a, I was still overweight. I've always been overweight. I've never been in a normal body weight. I don't even think I was normal body weight when I was a baby. So this is me in my 20s. You can see there's a huge weight difference there. Um, very much into the food, very unmanageable. But this was the era of diets. Like this was the era I'd call a fad diets when I would try something, it would work, and then it wouldn't work again. Um, this is my third decade. This will be my 30s. This is me on my wedding day. Um, squeezing into that wedding dress, barely zipped. I remember going into that day praying, please just help it zip. It zipped, but barely. Um, that was my red t-shirts after I delivered my first daughter. And then I'm back down to the same size as my wedding. And then this blue dress is after I gave birth to my son. Um, and I like to say this is my lowest this was really my lowest point. This was in 2016 and um I had been in the rooms for maybe five years at that point. And uh, yeah, this, this was what I define as my lowest point. Um, and don't mind the crazy gym hair. This was at 530 in the morning this week. But um, this was me. December 8th was my um, anniversary of my one year of entire abstinence. And 2021 picture that was on the same day last year and that was um this year on the same day so um i am and this is a picture of me and my husband last week in front of our tree but um yeah this is a miracle this is an absolute miracle for me as of today i'm at a normal body weight which in my wildest dreams i never even when i was dieting and trying to get lose weight. I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined I would have gotten down to this weight, but, um, what does that, what did that look like for me? 
uh, just real quickly, what I did, I did whatever my sponsor said do. If she said jump, I said how high? If she said, I want you to do this, I said, yes, ma'am. It was a whole bunch of yes, ma'am. Whether I wanted to do it or not, I was very verbal about not wanting to do it. So I kind of felt bad for, her. but I did it either way. Um, so that is, yeah, and what I did then is still what I do now using most, if not all of the tools of recovery. Um, I start the day with 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes of prayer meditation. Um, I go to a meeting in the morning I make three outreach calls a day. Um, I do an 11th step inventory at night. I commit my food to my sponsor still every night for the next day. And I also commit any changes. So that is, um, what I did then during working the steps and it's continuing what I do now, which I have found is imperative in order for me to continue getting the promises. So We'll get on into step 10. Um, I kind of, I have a ton of, I'm so glad I got this. It's only like what, three or four paragraphs, but it is chock full of stuff. So I'm going to try to move right through it. Um, so if you've got, if you got your big book, we're on page 84, it's the second full paragraph, but I kind of want to um, go right back to the sentence that's right before that. And, and it says they will always, so are these extravagant promises? We think not. They will always materialize if we work for them. Um, yes, this is a miracle given to me by my higher, my higher power, who I call God. Um, but, or and, not but, but and, I have to do the work on a daily basis in order to continue to receive these promises. Um, so that brings us to step 10. We continue to take personal inventory and to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We have vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So I look at that word vigorously. For me, it's important um, when it comes to step 10 and in working all the steps that I do it immediately and vigorously. So what, is that, what does that look like for me when it comes to a 10th step? For me, a 10th step is the... If you all have, if anybody has the spiritual toolkit app, I look at 10th step as that spot check inventory. I do my 11th step inventory, which is a review of my day at night. So I separate those two out somewhat. Um, but I usually do it immediately and I do it vigorously. What helps me do that? I have a 10th step train worksheet that a fellow gave me a while back that really helps me to dig into where am I selfish? Where am I self-seeking? Where am I being dishonest? Where is my fear? What am I gonna do next? Um, it really helps me go through and figure, figure all that out. So I, it's not, I don't have to sit and wonder. It gives me questions and I, if that's me, then I put it in there. Um, if I can call someone, I'll call them with that sheet in front of me. But usually this is how it goes. I'm sitting in a work meeting and across from me is sitting someone who historically irritates me for some reason. And what happens is internally in my head, I start character assassinating them um, because of course I'm always right. Didn't they know? So I start doing that and I have to shut it down. And so the toolkit helps me because I open that up in my phone on that meeting. And I literally can start typing. 
I can start typing. Um, and I am turning it over so that I can focus on what I'm supposed to be focused on. Because if I'm too busy character assessing this person in my head, then I'm not listening to the whole point of being at this work meeting. Um, I have a handful of fellows who will accept my 10 steps by text message through that app um, who are a great blessing. But what happens for me is I do it immediately and I do it vigorously um, in that I'm doing it. I, you know, you have, if you have the app, you know that it says you can shoot it through a text. I shoot it over and ask for feedback um, by text and then it's turned over. Then it's done. And I don't have to sit and wait, I can re-engage. Um, and so for me, that's kind of in a nutshell how I do a, a 10th step. At night, I will, um, if I've done that 10th step and I've done it in the toolkit app, I will turn over my 11th step for the day, but I'll say, see my 10th step that comes behind it. Um, so that, that I think is very helpful because then my 10th step partners know what I'm talking about. So I don't have to rewrite it because I've already dealt with it. I probably wouldn't even remember it if I didn't remember that I had turned it over in that 10th step already. So the next part says we've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effect effectiveness. And this is not an overnight matter. Um, this part really makes me think of step six and seven. When I, I took a really big look at my character defects, which not ironically are selfishness, dishonesty, um, resentment, I kind of fall under anger and irritability and fear. Those are really big. So um, this is going to take my lifetime. The big book tells me so. So this is not something that's a one and done. It's going to be something that I need to continue to practice. If I want to keep my recovery and keep these promises, this is something that I have to do daily. Um, the other thing I think is important when it comes to resentment, when I go to turn over, it's not, I, I don't let, I try not to let things build up to the point that they're a resentment. So usually it's an irritability, it's frustration. I'm angry at something in the moment is jealousy. So I will identify that um, particular emotion, whatever it is. And that's where I go. I go from there. So it doesn't have to be a resentment. I hope it doesn't ever get to be a resentment. Um, but I, whatever it is, I turn that over immediately. And of course, at the end of that 10th step, I'm asking God to take it you know, what am I going to do differently? I ask God to remove it just like I do in my seven step prayers in my morning meditation. I'm asking, listen, I know I'm selfish or I'm looking at my day and I know I'm going to be, try to be dishonest or irritated at somebody. Um, these are things that if my higher power wanted to ding them away, absolutely God could do it. But that's like me winning the lottery, probably not going to win because then I wouldn't get all the life experiences I need in order to, to, to continue to develop. So this is the way God draws me in and leads me to a closer relationship. So while, while God could perform that miracle, I have to do things in order to, to make these things change, because this is how I was made, um, just like that. So 
Um, the next part, this is a biggie. Love and tolerance is our code. Uh, my sponsor drills us in and, and always has and continues to. But I think when it comes to love for a lot of people, that can be apparent. It can, it's easier to identify how I am loving. A lot of times for me, that looks selfless. It's in random acts of kindness. It's in being more patient with my family. Um, but what I think gets a bit tricky and when I first came back into programming, I was at a big book workshop, tolerance was defined differently for me. And what helped was a definition that I was, I, I heard and wrote down was it's a diminished sensitivity to my own discomfort. So when I think I'm tolerating somebody, we'll go back to the coworker in the meeting. I just need to tolerate her, right? I'm just here to tolerate her behavior. That's all I need to do. But by this definition, I'm not, when I say I'm tolerating someone, it indicates that they are doing something wrong when they are probably just being who they are, right? It's my discomfort is a direct, is directly related to my sensitivity to their behavior. So it doesn't really matter what they're doing. What matters is how I am dealing with it and how sensitive I am. And am I offended? Am I becoming angry? Am I becoming irritable? Um, so when I look at it that way, what happens is I'm able to look at that other person and say, what is it about them and their behavior that is triggering me? So again, it's kind of going back through like a, when you think four and five, you're kind of going back to what is my part? What, what is it in them that is triggering me? Nine times out of 10 for me is because they're acting like me. They think they're right. And guess who's always right? Me. So this is where I'm not, I have learned that I am not learning to tolerate other people's behavior. I'm learning to make my skin thicker and figure out why I have the reaction to people that I have. So when it comes to tolerance, that is, that, that was more tricky than love for me um, because it, it, it forces a reflection back on myself. So my goal there is to diminish my sensitivity to the things going on around me. Um, so next thing is we've ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food sanity has returned. If tempted, we recoil as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. And the miracle of it all is that it just comes. So going back to coworker and me, if I have ceased fighting anything or anyone, what that looks like for me is if sitting there, I'm getting feeling annoyed. I'm typing in my 10th step, my spiritual toolkit. I'm sending it off. What that looks like is my mouth is shut. Historically, I would want to argue somebody down and tell them why they're wrong. But what I now know in program is that if I do that nine times out of 10, I'm going to have to make amends, which is going to mean more time and more effort. And it's already enough time and effort for me. So I just keep, it's easier, just keep my mouth shut. But because I've turned over that character assassinating judgmental mindset, I've already turned all that over. It's easier for me to cease fighting anything or anyone because I'm raising my tolerance, not to other people, 
but I'm becoming more aware of, of myself. So that creates sanity for me. Who I'm knew? Sorry, I missed the 10 minute. You have five minutes left. I apologize. That's okay. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, okay. So the miracle of all of that is that the big book tells us it just comes. It happened. It has happened automatically. It's given to us without thought or effort on our part. We are not fighting, nor are we avoiding temptation. We're safe and protected. The problem has been removed. What, again, just like my character defects, my God can just ding it away. It can just be, be gone. However, it is thought or effort is required for us, but the miracle of abstinence is given to us. That's, that's my belief, but it's not given to us when we don't have action. I have to have action. Um, all right, let me paraphrase. Let me, so, um, okay. Let's talk about, so then it says the big, but at the end of this first paragraph is this is how we re will react. So long as we keep in fit spiritual, spiritual condition. So what does that look like for me? Again, going back to the prayer meditation practice, first thing in the morning, first thing, not I get my kids ready to get them off to school. And then here comes prayer meditation. I wake up literally raise consciousness. And then it's my God's getting my first minutes of the day because I will ruin it in the first 20, 30 minutes. If I don't get real deep into that prayer meditation immediately. Um, so if I am not in fit spiritual condition, it tells me if we do, if we, um, if we can, if we do, we are headed for trouble. We are not cured. We only have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Um, as a recovered, I, you know, I thought when I was a recovered person that the food thoughts would go away, the temptations would go away, life would be, you know, a bit easier, um, that going to parties, grocery stores, out to eat would just miraculously be simple. And there are times where, yeah, it's, it's easy and I don't really care or think about what I'm going to do. But then there are days that are just not like that. It's a little bit different. And I have to really dig in. Where am I struggling spiritually? Where, what have I dropped? And um, so for me, if I'm not in fit spiritual condition, I'm not going out to eat. I'm not going to parties. I'm not going to go to the grocery store and have to walk by certain foods. I, I, I have to know my limits. Um, then back where it says we recoil as if from a hot flame, if I am not in fit spiritual condition, I have no business walking in a bakery, zero business, not for anybody. Cause that that's life or death for me. And I have to treat it as such. Um, how many more minutes do I got three? We're going to call it four from here. Okay. Okay, cool. I got two more, two more points. Um, so one, one place, oh, the other, the other thing I want to note is that where it says we are not cured, we have a daily reprieve each morning. I have to wake up and realize I am sicker today than I was yesterday. And I'm going to be sicker in two years and sicker, you know, by Saturday than I was, you know, a couple of minutes, you know, a couple of days ago, that's where I can't get too big. I say too big for my britches thinking I had anything to do with a miracle of this recovery that I continue to get because it's contingent on my working 
these tools and these steps every single day. Um, so every day is the day we ask, thy will not mine be done. For a selfish person, this is hard. Um, but every morning I get up and I, I pray, I pray that, but it's, it's not in me to be selfless. I am stubborn though. And so one place where my, my stubbornness comes in is it can turn into persistence and that persistence can become a very big strength when it comes to work in 10, 11, and 12. These are steps where they're just, it's, it's like you're operating in a loop. You, you have to, I have to, in order to keep what I have. Um, the last thing I want to say is I, um, at a big book weekend, a fellow I have this quoted in my book, but he said, it's always going to be your brain that takes you back to what is killing you. And for me, that is very true. Um, I, if my brain could have solved this problem, I wouldn't be sitting here at 45 years old, the first time in my life being a normal body weight, right? That in and of itself is a miracle. But if I could have done this, or if my brain could have done this, it would have. The spiritual program is a requirement for me. I can't intellectually work the steps. I can't um, pick and choose the tools I want to use on a daily basis. I can't. I have to work a whole, I call a whole ass program. I can't work halfway. I tried it. It didn't work for me. So um, that requires that I live in step 10. I do the spot check inventories immediately and vigorously. And um, that leads me to stay in a fit spiritual condition. So thank you for letting me share. I'll hush. Thank you. I'll pass. Wow. Thank you so much, Hallie. That was wonderful. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week, which is step 10. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. And would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right, Victoria, go ahead and share with us. Hey everybody, I'm Victoria. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator in Florida. Um, sorry, I. Hopefully it doesn't sound too weird. My voice is a little bit, I'm, I'm sick right now. And I have that like, uh, some people might say sexy. Some people might say disease sounding voice. But um, Haley, I just want to thank you for your service and sharing your message tonight with us. Um, I actually think you've spoken at this meeting before when I was not here in real time, but I heard the recording and it's been, it's a podcast that I've, bookmarked and uh, use when I'm working with sponsees now. So I just want to thank you for um, coming back and sharing with us. Um, I really liked what you were saying about, or what was being said about, if I'm not in fit spiritual condition, I have no business doing certain things. Um, it reminds me of 
number one, I mean, obviously for the step that we're studying tonight, it, it's good to know that like, if I do these things, I can remain in fit spiritual condition. And whenever I'm on shaky ground, I'm like, my brain is always like, how could this happen? What if I, what, you know, yesterday was so great. And it's like, oh, well, remember you were pissed off at the UPS guy this morning and you didn't do any, you didn't turn that over. And then you were, you know, fearful about if you had COVID or not, you didn't turn that over. And then you were worried about if your boss thought you were faking sick or not, you didn't turn that right. Like, it's like, oh, that's why I'm on, <laughs> that's why I'm on shaky ground. But it's also a good reminder for me that, that the opposite is true, that if I do these things, um, those promises come true. And those, um, those situations that used to baffle, that's the one I'm on right now is, which I know is also part of step nine, but like the situations that used to baffle us, I find myself having an intuitive thought that leads to an action. And I'm like, how did I know how to do that? And it's like, I don't know how to do that. It's coming from my connection to my higher power, which is so beautiful. But the other thing I wanted to say about that is it reminded me of in the working with others chapter, when it talks about like, we don't, we don't stay away from the bar just because we're an alcoholic. Like we can go there if we have good business for being there, or if we are, you know, being of service, like I can go to a party if I am bringing, like I can go to Christmas with my family who are compulsive eaters and, and not be, Ooh, look at what they're eating. Oh, they should really, you know, they should do what I'm doing or, Oh my gosh, remember what that was. I'm not thinking about that because if I'm, excuse me, if I'm in, if I have good business for being there, if I'm focused on being of service rather than, um, you know, being on the pedestal or rather than being envious of them or being focused on what I think they should be changing about their lives. Like it's so, it's so weird how quiet everything is. Um, but what they also tell us is if you're not sure if that's a good idea, don't do it and instead work with somebody else. So I just really, I heard that come out. Um, and even though that's a little bit of step 12, I think it really does these, when we get into these, you know, living 10, 11 and 12, they tie together. So thank you for bringing that message in tonight uh, and I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Victoria. Go ahead, Sally. Hi, everybody. I'm Sally, recovered <clears throat> compulsive eater in Colorado. Um, I've been in the rooms a long time, and I, I went through the steps again about five years ago, and I'm going through them again in another program. And when I went through the steps the last time, when we came to step 10, it, it, I, I didn't understand it. I just, I'm like, these people are neurotic. And I didn't like that 10th step train. I'm just being really honest because I mean, every five minutes, ping, 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 ping. And I'm like, and it was the same people, ping, 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 ping. And I'm like, I don't want what they have, you know? And I just, I felt like it was really neurotic and I have battled because what it did for me was it put me back in the self. This analysis leads to paralysis, me, me, me. And because I asked a lot of people that I really respect their recovery, different people about their 10 step experiences. And some of the things I've heard is, you know, where, you know, we go to God first, we go to God first. And the thing that was, was 
really tripping me up was, so every time I'm like oh, angry at anybody, I mean, I have to write all this stuff down. Then I have to call somebody and talk about it. Shit. You know, I got to work, I got a family, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just glad that I spoke with other people. I mean, I think there's some things in this program can be um, taken to the extreme. And I'm not saying anyone's taking it to the extreme, but what I learned, what I'm learning now is there's a difference between anger and resentment. And I can get angry, especially when I'm tired for crying out loud. You know, everything's going to piss me off. And I just say, Sal, go to bed, be quiet, you're tired, you know? But if I've got a resent, a resentment is something for me that if it happened at 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm still playing it in my head, yeah, pen to paper, you know? Um, I used to think I had, if someone cut me off and I'm like, you effer, you know? Now I stop and I say, whoa, Sal, what's going on? And usually I can very easily see you didn't leave in enough time to get to work. So you're, you're uptight. So I'm really glad because I was doing a number on myself with this 10th step. And I know there's other people that are doing the same thing. And um, there's just different interpretations. And um, I have less and less 10th steps as have to do less and less 10 steps as I live these steps, especially 11th step where I choose every morning to connect with God and say, please think for me, just live through me. And this like really loving, kind, generous person comes out. I'm like, who is reminder. Anyway, I give God all the glory. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Go ahead, Melissa, share with us. Thanks for your service, Yvonne. Melissa, grateful recovery with compulsive reader, sugar addict, tonight, emotional eater. Thanks, everyone, for your service. And thank you, Haley, for your share. It was really beautiful to hear your message. I uh, really resonated with, with me. It was, it was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, you know, I that, that part about my, I had to write it down because, like, I'm like you, right? If I do, do my 10 steps right, when they happen, I won't remember. And then I'll, they'll, they'll build up, right? And then I'll be like, well, why am I so angry? Why am I so selfish? It's like, yeah, no, because I didn't do them when they happened, right? And um, that part about my discomfort is directly related to how they're behaving, right? And, you know, if we're tolerating something, that, that's the assumption that they're doing something wrong. And it's not, it's never about them. It's always about me, right? And when I first came into program, like I wasn't ready to hear that. I was like, no, like I know other people do things wrong too, but it's not about what they do. It's about how I respond. Right. And how I want to live. Right. And uh, I really needed to hear that today. Um, and I really also empathize too with, um, I had a bit of difficulty with 10 steps as well, because I yeah, my sponsor told me a similar thing, right? Like the, the point of the 10 steps is to get you out of self, right? And and for me, if I'm if I'm on the phone, you know, picking up the phone every time I feel, you know, disturbed, right? Or every time I say a mean thing to somebody in my head, right? Like I that's not, I don't feel like that's best. I don't feel like high power thinks that's the best way to be. If, uh, you know, to grow in understanding and effectiveness, right, which is the point. Um, so I really just really grateful to hear you share. I've been really quiet lately, have not been sharing on this meeting. And 
it's one of those things too where like the, the, the more you not do it the harder it gets to do right so it's really great to be here and to be seen and heard and thanks again to everyone who's doing service and thanks to you.